Welcome to another Rhythms Podcast. This episode with Brian Wise and Eric Bibb is made possible by the Port Ferry Folk Festival held from the 10th to the 13th of March, 2023. For more details, visit portferryfolkfestival.com. Now, onto the podcast. Hi, I'm Brian Wise, editor of Rhythms Magazine. Eric Bibb has the perfect background for a folk blues musician. The son of Leon Bibb, renowned for his part in the New York folk scene of the 60s, and the nephew of jazz pianist and composer John Lewis of the modern jazz quartet, a life in music seemed preordained for Eric, who recalls being surrounded by folk, blues and jazz musicians, and at the age of 11, even getting some advice from Bob Dylan. Eric released his first album in 1972 and has released 22 albums since with another riding on the way early 2023. By the way, you'll get to hear an exclusive preview of one of the tracks from the new album in this podcast. Eric has also released four live albums and made numerous collaborative recordings, including several with his father. I see a different picture in my mind Eric's been a frequent visitor to Australia over the years and he'll be back in 2023 for a number of festivals including the Port Ferry Folk Festival and I was delighted to catch up with him for a bit of a chat about his music and about his forthcoming album. You know, I'm looking forward to uh, coming there. It's been a while, and uh, it's been a while since I've been on tour, so this is going to be a, a big moment for me. <laughs> it, it certainly is. It's um, will be. It'd be great to see you back here, and you're going to also have an album uh, out, um, a new album out at the same time, aren't you? Very exciting indeed. It's called Riding, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it. it's my best work yet. Well, you have to say that, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it feels that way. It really does. I've got, uh, yeah, uh, a wonderful producer who I've been working with for years, Glenn Scott. And, uh, yeah, we're just hitting our stride, really. Mm. You've recently uh, moved to a new record label, haven't you? Or when I say recently, a few years ago, really, hasn't it? Well, actually, some changes have happened uh, in, in uh, the last few months, actually. I was signed to the mascot label, uh, and put out the album, Dear America. Uh, and we were all excited about that. For whatever reasons, it could have been pandemic-related. We didn't really uh, get to where we wanted with that album. I'm now with a, a label that is uh, artist-driven, uh, owned by um, my producer and his partners, and it's called Repute Records. But we are licensing to uh, former partners, so a lot of my network is sort of still in place. But uh, I'm no longer with the mascot label, yeah. So is mm-hmm. that sort of better for you in, in, uh, in, in a sense of being able to sort of control things yourself? Indeed it is. And that was really the reason, you know, I, I'm at that point in my career, it's kind of now or never, Brian, in terms of artist-driven, you know, artist-controlled career moves, this was the moment for me to really uh, make a move. So uh, I've done it, and it feels really good. Um, I've got a great team around me, and... Uh, 
Yeah, we're all very excited. You know, there's so many new things happening with the way people release music. It's uh, it's changing so rapidly, and we've got people on board who are keeping up with all of this. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about the new album, Eric. What can we expect? Is it going to be along the same lines as the last one, which had some pretty powerful statements on it? Yeah, thank you. Um, Dear America was... Um, uh, my way of joining what I feel is a, a very necessary kind of conversation going on around about how we've really arrived at where we've arrived collectively. You know, uh, we're still facing a lot of, you know, <laughs> tribalism, a lot of uh, kind of divide and conquer stuff going on out there. So, um, yeah, in some ways I've decided to um, take up the thread there uh, talk about historical events uh, as a way of, uh, you know, tell stories, true stories in some of the songs that I hope will uh, get people to start thinking about, as I said, how we've really arrived at where we've arrived. I think there's a lack of um, uh, focus on the historical story that's, that's led to where we are. You know, it didn't all begin yesterday. So um, I think the solutions we need are going to be found if we have a really honest look at our past, you know. But it's a groovy album, Brian. It's one of my, it's a, it's a foot-thumping album. It's one of my best um, albums in terms of uh, groovy, funky music, you know, as well as some, some really poignant stories, I think. Well, you had some pretty poignant stories and powerful stories in the last album, didn't you? These are stories of a different kind. Do they go back deeper into history? What are you delving with on the new album? Right. Good question. Um, well, it's funny. There's uh, there's some old songs on there, too. You know, my dad used to sing that great song called 500 Miles, which began as a song called 900 Miles. But 500 Miles became like a folk you know, evergreen back in the day. And my dad had a wonderful version that inspired uh, a really cool version. Uh, otherwise, there's a story about, um, do you know the story of a man named John Howard Griffin? John Howard Griffin was a journalist who back in the, the early 60s wrote a book called Black Like Me. Now, this is a man who was not black, as it were. He was <laughs> uh white and he decided he wanted to experience what it was like to be uh, an african-american in the american south in the jim crow south so basically he uh he found a doctor who helped him change his skin color with some radiation and some pills and whatever so this man transformed his appearance and wrote a book called black like me and uh i remember that story from when i was young reading the book actually when i was younger but it kind of got forgotten and i decided i would write a song about this man and uh, i'm really glad i did and one of the reasons i take up these historical things um is because you know there's movements afoot that really want to censor the historical record and remove true stories about you know <laughs> America's history that are essential to understanding uh, where we're at. So I thought, okay, I'll write some songs and at least make people aware of uh, these uh, events through songs. Another such song is uh, a song called Tulsa Town about a massacre that took place in mm. Tulsa, Oklahoma back, back in 1921. So uh, yeah, it's uh, an album full of uh, reflections, yeah. 
Interesting that you mentioned John Howe Griffin. I've recently been reading a book called A Bomb in Every Issue about the story of Ramparts magazine. Of course, he mm-hmm. wrote for Ramparts magazine. He's mentioned in the book on several occasions. John is. Wow. That's very interesting. I love the synchronicity. What's that book called? It's called A Bomb in Every Issue, How the Short, Unruly wow. Life of Ramparts Magazine Changed America. Wow. I remember Ramparts, but I would not have thought about it until you reminded me. That's really interesting. Right. I'm going to check that out. And you mentioned Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the riot, or the, the massacre that occurred there. And it's an amazing story, isn't it? It is. It really is. It's all bubbling up, and um, uh, I'm really looking forward to sharing it. We'll have it available uh, in Australia first, so that's going to be uh, fun for, for my fans there to have a first peek at that album. Yeah. album which i said was a very powerful statement it was we're talking about emmett till and it's interesting looking at your country of birth from the outside isn't it like you you've lived in sweden for a long time yeah Um, it's interest an interesting perspective on say america i mean i find it interesting as a visitor going there and you must find it equally so, having been raised there, being born and raised there. Indeed, indeed, you're absolutely right about it being um, a very um, productive, you know, kind of uh, perspective. And I say that because uh, having been in the middle of it and experienced it kind of upfront, just all the friction and the divisiveness that's actually accelerating on some levels. From outside, it looks um, almost, um, you know. It's, it's hard to understand how it could be so divisive right now. It's hard to believe that there could be such um, a reluctance to get to the bottom of things and finally, you know, make some sense out of it. Because I feel like uh, there are some attitudes that, that are counter. <laughs> they just don't make sense, you know. So I uh, thought it was a time to weigh in again. It's almost as if there are two countries there, you know, there, um, and yeah. it's become so polarized, hasn't it, between, well, Democrats and Republicans? <laughs> yes, yes, it, it certainly has. And being uh, on the outside looking in now, it's um, for me to not have the personal um, tension, you know, on board in my, in my body and soul on a daily basis um, gives me, um, I think, um, a way of looking at the whole situation without always having a knee-jerk emotional reaction as you would have if you were in the thick of it. I remember just not really being able to relax about anything, you know, and there were lots going on when I was living there. You know, lots of people were active about trying to make changes and all that kind of thing. But um, what I'm noticing is, is that there's a group of young people who seem to be very awake and interested in what's going on. And then there seems to be a whole swath of people who really just don't want to know and who are just 
kind of blindly taking sides. So I'm happy to have a bit more of a, I think, a clear-headed look at, at what's going on because I'm not invested so to the degree that I would be if I was living there. Uh, but I have experienced all of that. And um, yeah, I, I need to let people know what I think about it. But how do people respond to you when you go back there? Uh, they're curious. Um, they're really curious about how people outside America uh, view America's issues and, and, and dramas. And, um, you know, it's fascinating. For some reason, America's woes and issues have captured the attention of the whole world, particularly, you know, around the uh, January 6th thing and the George Floyd thing. And so it's, uh, it's obviously a place that um, everybody sort of feels somehow a part of, even if they're not Americans, you know. Uh, so what's going on there, I think, is also a reflection of uh, events in other parts of the world. It's not only, you know, even in Sweden, uh, Brian, there are same kind of trends going on with mm. people, uh, uh, again, dividing into to hard and fast groups with little flexibility. And it's definitely worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, they do say about Australia, if America sneezes, Australia catches a cold. I guess that goes for the re yes. rest of the world too. But Yes. It's a, it's it's an unbelievable. You go to uh, Los Angeles, and we're talking about you know on the big boulevards, man, tense cities, man. <laughs> like you said, this is America. What is going on? So that whole issue of uh, of what's sustainable and the division of, uh, of of resources and what people pay attention to, you know, uh, we have climate issues that that uh, you know need <laughs> immediate attention, and people are squabbling about. Uh, yeah, other things, yeah. Dr. King once said, history will have to record that the greatest tragedy of this period of social transition was not the strident clamor of the bad people, but the appalling silence of the good people. In some ways, you kind of, you, you must be, well, I certainly am reluctant to comment when I'm there because I don't feel it's mm. my place to do so right. um, and um you must feel the same in a way it must be really difficult yes it is you know it's a it's um it's a challenge because on the one hand you want to be uh, as an artist as a, a voice a creative person you want to be honest about what you uh comment on and you don't want to feel that you have to censor yourself but on the other hand it's not my intention to add to the fray or to add to the divisiveness what i'm hoping some of these songs will do is because of the intent behind them and because of my way of delivering them i'm hoping people will hear that this is not about hey i want you to take my side or convince you of my point of view it has nothing to do with that it has something to do with just actually being aware that without looking at these things uh these historical events that, that have led to all kinds of reactions without looking at them probably you, you're never going to get to a place where you understand people's frustration, anger, or even why politicians are at this point taking advantage of all of that confusion and, and manipulating people. So, yeah, I, I mean, I love singing love songs, but uh, I feel like I, I have to do uh, one step further when it comes to what I say in my writing. I need to actually uh, make a comment that I, I hope is not uh, provocative, but I hope is... Um, Inspiring. I mean, I find it inspiring to understand why we are at the place we're at. And uh, I'm interested in knowing more about that. So I do what I do. Yeah. 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 
mountain with the rising sun. This episode with Brian Wise and Eric Bibb is made possible by the Port Ferry Folk Festival held from the 10th to the 13th of March 2023. For more details, visit portferryfolkfestival.com. Now, back to the conversation. The main thing, of course, is also you've got some terrific songs and um, that's the main purpose of being that you're a musician. So you, you've written some great songs yeah. to back up these lyrics and you've got on the last album, you've got some very special guests, including Ron Carter. Have you got any coming up on the new album? Yes, thanks for asking. Um, speaking of Ron Carter, a musician who he's worked with um, and who I admire greatly uh, and have for many years, is guitarist Russell Malone, who's played with everybody from Jimmy Smith to Diana Crawler. Russell is on two tracks, playing brilliantly, as he does, and I'm so excited about that. Uh, we again have, uh, I think Steve Jordan is on the track wow. uh, from uh, that we, we had from the last session, as well as... Um, else we've got we've got the wonderful Taj Mahal and and, and John Tavius Willis do you know John Tavius Willis no I don't he's a newcomer he's a younger African-American yeah. uh, blues artist acoustic blues artist who is phenomenal somebody who has ta- Taj has taken under his wings to his, an extent and kind of mentored him but Taj and John Tavius Willis are both on a track called blues funky like that and uh it's really a cool tune and I'm just so happy uh to, to be able to share that, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be exciting for people to uh, react to this album. I think. Well, we talked about the politics, I guess, and you addressed that in the title track of the last album, Dear America. But let me talk to you about a track of a different nature, which has a couple of terrific guests. Love's Kingdom. That is a great track. Tell us about that. You've got Tommy <laughs> Sims and Glenn Scott. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Not every uh, interviewer who mentions what I consider one of the best tunes on that album. Tommy Sims is uh, just a phenomenal musician, all-around musician, who I met in Nashville years ago. My producer, Glenn Scott, another amazing, multi-talented musician, said, you must meet Tommy Sims. He's just a, a great guy. Everything he does musically is, is just like, you know, awe-inspiring. And he has a, a, a place in Nashville that he works from, a studio that he's a part owner. Let's go there. And we managed to, to get that together, and we recorded uh, the album Get On Board there. That's the first time I met him. Tommy has played with everybody, you know, Springsteen, Bonnie Raitt, you know, everybody. El, uh, Eric Clapton. And he's just uh, a bassist, guitarist, singer, keyboardist, arranger, you know, everything. And the same can be said of Glenn Scott. So these were my two co-writers on a song that I started called Love's Kingdom. And the track that evolved and that came together with these two musicians, I think is just wonderfully groovy and says what I need to say about life. And yeah, I'd love to see that in heavy rotation somewhere. (laughs) So is Tommy singing on that with you? Yes, he's singing on that. And Glenn is singing with me on that. And on the new album, Tommy is also singing and a co-writer on a song called Joy Bells. Yeah. So you've had quite, you, you mentioned that it's, you think it's one of your, the new one you th- think is one of your best. Well, I'll tell you what, you'd be hard pressed to go past Dear America as w- one of your best because it has oh, such a variety nice of great songs on it. Well, that would make my producer, Glenn Scott, very happy because it's really uh, our labor of love, uh, both of these albums. And, um, uh, 
we just kept going. You know, we had a chance to um, basically continue recording from Dear America sessions. We didn't really take a break. We just get said, let's just keep going. There's another album coming, you know. And uh, yeah, I'm just uh, so excited, so excited about it. The ghost of Emmett Till is walking around the town of money, Mississippi. Can't move on, cause hate's still going strong all over this country. You're so bad. <laughs> must have been difficult releasing that album in 2021 you know yeah kind of right in the midst of the pandemic really wouldn't it? yes it's true we didn't have a chance to uh tour anywhere you know promote the album we did all we could uh, on on social media and i had a new label behind me who was excited uh we had the wonderful eric gales on board which helped uh, to to push that uh, track called whole world's got the blues blues all in the papers Blues in the magazines, blues on the radio, blues on the TV screen, everywhere you turn, you're looking at sad, sad news, seems like the whole world, the whole world's got to be. But uh, basically, um, I think uh, anybody who released a record in those times were challenged with uh, with being able to pr- pr- promote it properly. So I'm really happy that the new album, Ride and Brian, is um, going to be supported by, first of all, uh, an extended tour in Australia, starting out with some solo gigs and ending up with band gigs. Really excited about the places we're going to be going and revisiting. And we'll follow that with dates in Europe and a UK tour in May. So I have high hopes for the new album. Just before we go, and thank you very much for your time, just talking about that previous album, you could almost release the next one and the last one as a kind of a package, couldn't you? Double double yes. CD package, couldn't you? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, the next album, Riding, as uh, was Dear America, is on vinyl, a double album. And uh, that would make a, a fantastic quartet of uh, discs, you know, Dear America and the Riding album, because they really are uh, sister records in terms of their concept. As I said, I'm really looking forward to people hearing um these new songs because we've taken a, a giant step into groovy land, meaning I think, <laughs> of, <laughs> I, you know, I think my records are groovy enough, but this is just a little bit more, what can I say? It's, it's more visceral. It's more, uh, the bottom end is more prominent. You're going to be able to, to really move to a lot of these tracks. Yeah. Hey, Eric, I think you're about my vintage and, you know, my daughter told me, a few years ago, never say the word groovy, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> it dates you. It dates you, yeah. It certainly does. <laughs> but I like the word. Like Fun- the word. Funky's good. Yeah, yeah. Funky is always good, you know. So, yeah, can't wait to get there and and share some of these new songs. We'll do some of them live, too, uh, with the band, so that's going to be fun, you know. Are you going to be doing any touring before that? I mean, I guess your mask is still a couple of months left in the year, or are you just going to be, be at home there? Well, uh what we've done, uh, interestingly enough, is recently just recorded a huge concert that was recorded live and filmed, which will be an album 
following this Ryden album, but that's uh, another story. So I've been busy, but I haven't been touring, and I've got uh, I've got a, a festival date in Denmark in November. But other than that, uh, the rest of the year is pretty uh, pretty calm. Well, listen, yeah. th- thanks so much for talking to me, and um, we're certainly looking forward to seeing you uh, back in Australia in uh, just a few few months' time. So uh, all the best yes. for the festive season, and uh, looking forward to hearing that new album. Yeah, Thank Brian, you. it's always a pleasure, and uh, can't wait to see you when we get there. Eric Bibb and Whole World's Got the Blues featuring Eric Gales on guitar. It's from Eric's 2021 studio album, Dear America, and Eric has been our special guest this week on the Rhythms podcast. We also heard excerpts from the following tracks, Love's Kingdom featuring Tommy Sims and Glenn Scott, also from Dear America, Emmett's Ghost featuring Ron Carter on bass, and Dear America, the title track of the album, and Family from the forthcoming album Riding to be released in early 2023. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back next week for another Rhythms podcast. Blues running through the alley Blues creeping up one street People, what's going on? How can we break this suffering You've been listening to a Rhythms podcast with Eric Bibb, made possible by the Port Fairy Folk Festival held from the 10th to the 13th of March in 2023. For more details, you can visit portfairyfolkfestival.com. For more conversations with your favourite artists, subscribe to Rhythms on your podcast app and unlock hours of great listening. You can find the latest articles and images that go with these podcasts by visiting rhythms.com.au.